Welcome to the On The DL Podcast. My name is John Woodward, one of the digital learning coaches with Temple ISD. In this podcast, we will be discussing everything digital learning. So without further ado, let's get started. This episode of On The DL, I'm visiting with Hugh Burke. Hugh is new to the digital learning department this year and is one of the two elementary DLCs. A visit with Hugh about his background and what led him to apply for this job. What interested in him? So that's my first question. What did you do when you saw this job posted? General instructional coaching to a more specific um, coaching teachers on their their use of digital tools seemed really enticing. Uh, It's something that I had already been interested in. So the idea of developing it in my peers just was really, you know, interesting to me. So I pursued it, here I'm at. So this department is new, it's changed, changing all the time and going from more of a, more of a technical uh, position to more of a coaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, so was the prospect of adding your coaching experience with kind of an affinity for digital learning, was that pretty appealing? It was, um, and, and, um, and you know, thinking about that while you were asking the question, it's interesting because I think this, this position so far this year in 2020, 2021, what I've been challenged mostly in is the technical side. Um, and it's exciting because I think that as we get more used to this new environment that we're teaching in, the coaching side is becoming more and more um, the emphasis. So, I feel like I was challenged really up front in the fall of 2020, and now spring of 21, maybe we start moving more into coaching, more into the general instructional uh, side of the job. So I'm excited. Cool. Well, what you know, as you get into it, you always get in and uh, with a new position and kind of get a feel for what you what your perception was before and after. So when you look at it now. Um, where are the areas that you're most excited about after having been in it a few months? And then where do you want to grow the most? That's a good question, John. Um, the area that I need to grow the most is in uh, um, earning the trust of these teachers here in Temple ISD. Because when you go from just supporting and helping teachers to developing teachers, that's a totally different dynamic that requires a lot of trust and a lot of rapport. Um, I think you earn that rapport and that trust through supporting them, which we've been doing um, a lot of through the fall. Providing technical support, um, being there through the challenges that this this pandemic scenario has given us. But... um, I need, I need to continue to develop that, you know, and learn who these people are that I'm working with, um, where they're at in their craft, getting to just know them and build relationships with them um, on these five campuses that I serve, and then, I, and, then, and then leveraging that knowledge of them and that relationship with them toward a coaching, uh, toward a developing role, a supporting them in the development of their, their skill set. We're all kind of uh, 
daily trying to really market what digital learning is and how it is different and what our role is. Um, if you were creating a, uh, a campaign to promote digital learning um, and you had one sentence or a couple sentences to describe our role, how would you put it? Man, I would emphasize, if there was a way to phrase it that emphasized being on your side, you know, and by that I mean on the teacher's side. Um, understanding the struggles that technology poses, but also understanding this, the, the strengths that it can offer us in um, what we're trying to achieve in instruction. So we as the digital learning department are here for teachers to join them in those skills, you know, join them in the development of those skills. How to leverage technology to benefit them as teachers, you know, make their jobs easier, make what they're planning to deliver as far as content is concerned easier, but also um, to really give them that feeling that they are achieving learning more efficiently, more successfully for their kids. So definitely a partnership. A partnership, exactly, exactly. Um, because I really, I mean, I've, I was an IC for three years before this, and I, I became pretty fascinated with that whole um, really delicate and subtle relationship that exists between a instructional coach and a teacher. Um, and I think... I might be going off the deep end of it here in this conversation, but I think that it's a relationship, a dynamic that can be easily um, damaged, can be easily set back. It has to be kept very collegial, you know. We are at um, the same level as teachers. We need to, we need to be in there to support them. We often say, you know, we're not evaluating you. I think that's incredibly important. I do too. You know what I'm getting at? If ever we were to accidentally convey a sense of being an evaluator to a teacher, I think it would damage that dynamic as a coach. It's like any relationship, I think, in that the moment uh, you kind of let your guard now let your guard down and take it for granted. Uh, you can lose a lot of um, equity and goodwill that you've built up. So I think you know, for me, it's a daily, it's a daily process to never go in and, and think, all right, I've completely, I, I completely understand everybody's point of view, and um, that I know it all. Yeah. In that sense, because the minute you do, I think you can subconsciously. Uh, just kind of, uh, like I said, let your guard down. I think you hit the nail on the head, yeah. Like we can't go into these um, interactions with teachers as if we know everything. And and it's, it's actually, the, the word coach really does fit. It's a lot like you would, it's a lot like the dynamic between an athlete and a coach, you know. If, and if, if a coach in an athletic setting is becomes demeaning or, um, you know, critical in a negative way of somebody's 
gaps or somebody's mistakes, well, that just totally like demotivates someone, you know, <laughs> to try harder. Um, yes, the coach is going to help the athlete identify areas that need improvement, but it can never be identified in a way that is um, going to take away their motivation to improve, going to going to compromise their effort, you know. And we as teachers are always evaluated. We're evaluated by parents. We're evaluated by our colleagues. We're evaluated by our administrators. We're evalu- and, and honestly, that's necessary. But we also need somebody in our corner who's just going to help us get better. And it's awesome that we have instructional coaches and also literacy coaches and also now digital learning coaches who can be just in our corner just to say, hey, have you tried this? All good points, and I think it's uh, I think it's it's a process, and Rome wasn't built in a day. And sometimes it's hard to you want to move faster than maybe you should, right? Uh, because that's not the way it goes. Particularly this year, uh, one thing I've tried to do, and I know everybody in the department is to be aware, of, never forget what it's like to be a teacher mm. and to be in that classroom, especially in a year that is unlike any that anybody has ever seen. Yeah, totally. And so, uh, you know, you do the best you can. Teachers are doing the best you can. And, uh, you know, what a, what a crazy time right now, but what an opportunity as well. That's right. Yeah. So, well, what a year to get started, man. If you're going <laughs> to jump in, you jumped in. So... Uh, and you are on a what, four or five elementary campuses? I've got five campuses. That's right. Western Hills, Kennedy Powell, Cater, Jefferson, and Scott Elementaries. And, and what's awesome is I've, every, um, every campus, no matter what level, is unique. So I, I find it mm-hmm. fascinating and interesting and a challenge to kind of get to know every campus because you know uh, they're each unique and yeah. they have their own uh, dynamics and, and that actually kind of adds to part of the excitement of the job that's true that is very true well we welcome you to temple we know you came over from another district that won't be named but uh <laughs> well, i felt very welcomed and i am um honored and grateful i'm very i live in temple so i'm very happy to be here uh, working in my my uh, current hometown, so I'm I'm happy to claim it, and and really honestly, sincerely, it's been nothing but um, a good experience for me these few months that I've been here. So um, happy to be a part of the team. Right. Well, I'm going to continue something we started last year as we end certain podcasts. Uh, and uh, this is just a few lightning round questions. <laughs> okay. So I'll give you. You know, uh, please don't overthink it. Okay. Give you a couple in, the, in round one, and then we'll move from there. Um, okay. All right. All right. So if you think, if you believe you're ready, just let okay. me know. I feel, I feel ready. Okay. Texting or talking? Talking. Nickname your parents used to call you? Stumpy. It was a little league thing. I was short and stumpy in the batter's box, apparently. Okay. 
We'll circle back to that. <laughs> Fill in the blank. Okay. Taylor Swift is talented. <laughs> Safe answer. Is it wrong for a vegetarian to eat animal crackers? Oh man, that is that's like philosophical. And you you do have the, you know mm. although judgment could be passed, you do have the ability to pass on a question. I'm gonna go ahead and say. Yes, it's wrong for okay. a vegetarian to eat. Okay, and maybe we'll say because, the expo- Oh, you're going to go ahead and explain? Go. Well, yeah, I mean, because they, you know, rather strongly invoke, you know, images of animals while you're sitting there devouring bits and pieces of those animals. So I imagine that's traumatic for a vegetarian. Okay. <laughs> for the All sake right. of the vegetarian themselves. We're going we're gonna to go on to. One question in round two. Okay. Cake or pie? Pie. Pecan. It's my favorite. All right. Um, Have you ever... I like this one. Have you ever worn socks with sandals? Yeah. I did last night, actually. Okay. Is that bad? (laughs) I'm not saying that. Let me tell you, this next one is one of the more controversial. It's, it, it's, uh, the questions change. This one is not because it's gotten quite controversial. Okay. Is double dipping at a party ever acceptable? That's a Seinfeld reference right there. Um, it's a life. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm not in, a, not in a social setting like a party. I wouldn't think it's acceptable. Certainly not in these COVID realities that we live in. Uh-uh. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, you double tipped the chip. Uh, how, let's see. How many times would you say you've sneezed in the last seven days? What? Um, not very many, I don't think. Maybe like once, twice. Uh, how many, on a scale of one to ten, how good do you feel you are at wiffle ball? <gasps> Man, I love wiffle ball. I mean, I don't know how good I am at it, but I love that that game. Um, one to ten, maybe like a six. Okay, seven. If you were given an all-expenses-paid trip to Cleveland, would you take it? Yeah. Okay. What would. would you do? I'd see the Indians. Baseball. Okay. Um, yeah, I'd go see the Indians play. I don't know the name of that ballpark that they play at, but. Uh, I should know that, but I'd, you I'd, should, I'd yeah. definitely go see the Indians. Um, what else is Cleveland known for? I'm thinking of the, the opening crazy, scene. You shouldn't go there on this. <laughs> I don't know all the people. The opening scene of what, Major League or something? Yeah, the opening scene of Major League with that song playing. Uh, okay. Something about a river being on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Okay. If the toilet paper roll in the bathroom is really low but not completely out, do you replace it or leave it for someone else? I'm going to replace her. I'm going to replace it. Okay. Do unto others as you would have them do unto <laughs> Golden you. Golden rule. You've been very... Favorite carnival food? Oh, carnival food. We used to have a family fair back home that was like a carnival. And with like funnel cake is what I remember the most. Funnel cake. Can't go wrong with that. Funnel cake's good. Mm. All that powdered sugar all over it. 
Most embarrassing store you might have been seen shopping at? Um, wow. Well, um, I don't know. Most embarrassing store I've seen. Every Christmas I go shopping for my wife at places like Ulta. It's kind of strange when you're in Ulta and you're shopping for things that you have no idea what they are. Not when you're trying to stay right with the missus. Mm-hmm. I know. It's a little embarrassing, though. What's the lamest dessert people try to pass off as a dessert? Fruitcake. Okay. And then, uh, last but not least, I'll let you <laughs> off the hook for today. There was no comment about that answer. No, you were just no. like, okay. If you could push a button and make everyone in the world 7% happier, but it would also place a worldwide ban on all hairstyling products, would you push that button? Yes. Okay. And the reasoning is probably obvious. <laughs> uh, this is a podcast. Can you describe for the folks at home? I'm just going to leave that one for the listeners to figure okay. out. Yeah, I wouldn't. So I wouldn't if you're getting miss, a mental let's put it this way. I wouldn't miss the uh, hair right. care products. <laughs> but you're not thinking of the other people in the world. I was waiting for an no, altruistic statement. Seven percent happiness upgrade. That's considerate. These days, half a percent. Yeah, could change the exactly. world. Uh, so I can't argue with that. That's exactly right. Hey. Thanks for being here on the DL, man. I enjoyed it. The On the DL podcast is an official production of the Digital Learning Department for Temple Independent School District. Craig Wilson, Director.